Witness one of the most bizarre and confounding flicks ever made in Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks. In a small cabin on the edge of a park, a group of friends gather for fun. But when they come across a mysterious book, and of course, despite all warnings, read aloud from it, they unwittingly unleash a ghostly evil. The book resurrects whacked-out redneck Leo DeChamp, a serial killer who used to strangle kids with skunk tails in the 1960s. Leo has returned to terrorize all with his unique brand of redneckian villainy and to claim more young, nubile, and downright not-so-nubile victims. This one will hurt your brain, folks. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. We review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So welcome to week three of Inbred Redneck Month, where we are bringing you the 2012 movie Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks. You heard the description from the back of the DVD. Let's jump straight into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. Uh, best and worst of this movie. Paul, what's your bottom three? Let's start with the worst. Alright, for number three, I'm going to have to put um, the narrator throughout the movie that kept popping up, Griselda. She was kind of pointless. I mean, she had some funny lines, but overall there was really no point to her even being in the movie. I didn't really feel like it added that many jokes to it, so I'd have to put that as one of my bottom. For number two, there was this weird scene with a wizard and a woman who can squirt milk out of her nipples, like chocolate milk and regular milk, and it, it really went on way too long, and it started out funny, and it kind of got annoying after a while. And for number one, I'm going to have to put the character Caspian. He wasn't not funny, but then he becomes Leo DeChamp, and, well, let's face it, he was better as Leo DeChamp. All right, Corey? So my bottom three uh, happened to start with the character Scrotum, who's this very annoying hippie, hipster, picture-taking, um, drug addict high-on-something kind of character. The life. And she just annoys the shit out of me. I can't stand her. I'm cool with hippies, but I don't know. She, it was too forced of a kind of thing. It didn't add anything to the plot. She was just that very fake, I want to be cool and make yeah. this stuff that I'm doing seem like it's important in life when it's really not. And that just annoys the shit out of me. Trendy kind of hippie thing. Um, number two is the scene involving Jacques Dequeef and Lumpy, which you mentioned, the wizard and his assistant thing. It goes on for way too long. They're not funny. The jokes are stupid. And they really should have just jumped to the 10-second punchline and be done with it. And yep. number one for me actually has to do with the character Scrotum. Again? Yeah. You really hated this character. Well, it, no matter what character would have done this, I would have hated it. it. There was a fart joke in this movie that was just somebody farting. But it wasn't just somebody farting. It was an eight-second fart. From beginning to end, I timed it. Now, some of you might be like, ah, an eight-second fart, that's not that long. But you must take into consideration that this movie is only 46 minutes long. So, this fart joke, which I'm not a potty humor kind of guy. I don't really like fart jokes. I don't like poop jokes. This movie takes up one 345th of this movie. That is a ridiculous amount for one fart joke. 
And consider for, part of the 46 minutes was credits, too. It's like, that was way too much of the movie. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, if it were eight separate fart jokes, I would have just been like, oh, it's a fart joke. But because it took so long, like, eight one-second fart jokes, I would have been okay with one eight-second fart joke. Get the fuck off my screen. Yeah, I feel like uh, fart jokes can be pulled off, but it, it takes some talent, and that was not one of the better ones. Um, now that we've gotten the bottom three out of the way, let's talk about the good of this movie. What's our top three? Alright, for number three, I put, um, the end of the movie is where, like, the climax of it, Michael Jackson, as a zombie, comes back to life and educates the zombie rednecks and kills them through education. It was fucking hilarious. For number two, there was this montage scene where, like, nothing was accomplished. They're just kind of, like, sitting there, like doing random shit like one point like it turned the sink on and off it was just hilarious it was like the most unnecessary um, montage sheet ever and for number one the character shawnee he has this ongoing joke where he's just pulling shit out of his coat like random food and it's just absolutely hysterical he was by far the best character in the movie for me number three was the redneck dialogue I don't think there was one thing that was said as one of the rednecks in the movie that didn't make me laugh. Some of the stuff I wouldn't repeat because the language is completely inappropriate, even for us. But I just love it. Number two is actually, for me, the character Shawnee. He's hilarious. He's always pulling random shit out of his coat, like gluten-free bread and cups. And he's drinking other people's piss and making them, like, all scared of him. I... It's something that shouldn't make me laugh, but it does. It's so ridiculous, but you can't help but laugh. Um, number one for me is the character Leo DeChamp, who is a redneck serial-killing cult leader from the 1970s. And this is a Chris Seaver movie. Um, Chris Seaver directed this movie. I believe he directed it. Yeah, probably. He wrote it, I know. He's in it. He's yeah. Jacques Dequeef. But it's a Chris Seaver movie. His movies all have interconnecting characters and characters that are repeated in different movies even if they're not directly connected and leo DeChamp is in a lot of his movies in one way or another as leo or leo DeChamp, and i always love that character he's just so fun um whether he's a marauding uh medieval general slaughtering people with a mace or a fucking redneck scalping people's buttholes and gluing them to his wall I just, I can't help but love Leo DeChamp. He's a great character. You gotta love the uh, mustache and all that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my top three. So, you know what? I love the redneck dialogue so much. I think we should go over some of the dialogue in this movie. Um, I've got a couple quotes. I know you've got more than a couple. Oh, but yeah. let's have at it. Let's have a quote war. Quote war. All right, Paul, you go ahead and start us off. It's a shitty film. I hate it. You're gonna hate it too. I guess that's something I that's what I get for it giving a mentally handicapped guy fifty bucks. This has black magic written all over it. Or it could be a cookbook. We could have sex in front of them. That should provide them seconds of entertainment. With a stash of pure muscle and a mullet greased of mayo, beware the scalping of your butthole by the grip of old Leo. Montage, bitch! I couldn't help but hear someone yelling at their penis. What? What? What is this? A dead rat full of Chilean spices and herbs? 
if Jim Varney was the god of rednecks, then Leo DeChamp would be the devil. This one time, Ninja broke into my house. Well, it turned out to be my mom's black lover. Quiet, whore! I think a spirit has got a hold of her. It's trying to give us all boners. Pabst Blue Ribbon! Another one bites my nuts. Piss on her! It's the only way to kill her! Segregation! Ah! Oh. oh god, Paul, I think you got me with that one. This movie is so quotable. I, Every, I can't go on. Too many quotes. Every, like, minute of this, like, gives another, like, brilliant quote. Like, this is such a fun movie to watch. That, uh, that brings a conclusion to this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie, um, feel free to tell us it at bmoviebros. That's all one word on Twitter. Um, on b-movie, space b-r-o-s, bmoviebros on Facebook. Um, you can tweet Paul directly at bmoviepaul. Or leave us a comment here on SoundCloud. What's your favorite quote? Who won this episode quote war? Have you seen this movie? Do you like this movie? Anything. Go for it. We, we, we should get into our final take here before we tell you something different than this piece of shit. Here we're going to give our final take. We're going to give this a score. 1 out of 10 on the shot scale. One, uh, our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10. 1 being the best. 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? Just the shot score. Paul, what do you give it? Give this movie a 2 out of 10. I'm going to go out on a limb here and give this movie a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. But let's hear your reason why. Alright, this movie is hilarious. It's one of the best low-budget comedies I've ever seen. It just does not take itself serious. It's completely ridiculous. It's just so much fun to watch. Every time I've watched this movie, I've picked up on a different joke or just got a laugh on something I didn't even notice the first time I saw it. Uh, some of the jokes go on a bit too long. Some of them are just kind of missed the mark and being funny, but overall this movie was just hilarious, and I've seen this at least four times, and I just, I'm willing to watch it another four times. Overall, you just can't help but be entertained, and for 45 minutes, it does not drag on at all. Um, I gave this movie a 7 out of 10. Now, I should hate this movie. It has terrible acting, a terrible story, and terrible characters, but Somehow, it all melds together with the awesome dialogue into one of the funniest pieces of shit that I have ever seen. The rednecks are spectacular, and everything in this movie is just so simple that it makes it just a wonderful piece of art. This movie is also incredibly short. It's only 46 minutes long, and it doesn't overstay its cheap welcome. It, it has me constantly laughing. And that's something that not a lot of movies that I've ever seen can do. I love this movie. I give it out a seven, a 7 out of 10. That's not because it's a bad movie. That's because it's so fucking shitty. And it's got some stupid stuff in it. But overall, there's so much good and hilarity in this movie that I can't help but love it even though it's so bad. And I, I can't recommend anything better than Evil Dead in Red Rednecks for a shitty movie to watch with your friends and have a good time without saying, oh, I wasted my money on buying that. No, you should buy this and pull it out anytime you want a good cheap laugh. It's great to show to new people, too. Like, they'll be like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, just just watch it. You're going to love it. It's impossible not to like it. My uh, my fiance loved it. Um, It's just, it's so funny. This is pure gold as far as B-movie comedy goes. It's lowbrow, it's it's hysterical. The lines are surprisingly, like, 
intelligent. Like, they're they're unsophisticated, but they're intelligent. You can tell that they put a lot of thought into each one of them. You can tell that the writers are intelligent people. Oh, definitely. Now, we know not everybody likes the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion. A movie of a higher class, a higher standing, a higher budget. No, Paul... What would you say is an A-movie companion for Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks? I picked the 2010 movie Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I picked the 2013 movie Evil Dead. Why don't you go first? Alright, so both movies start out with college students going to a cabin in the middle of the woods. Cabin in the woods. Both movies kind of subvert the um, typical... Cabin in the Woods kind of mo- kind of uh, genre, where Tucker and Dale kind of uh, make the rednecks the heroes of the movie, and the main villain is a college student. This one just kind of was absolutely ridiculous. Just couldn't be taken seriously at all. Cabin in the Woods, whoa. <laughs> both movies featured rednecks in some capacity, and honestly, both movies are just hilarious. I'd, I'd recommend either one of them to anyone who's looking to just have a good time, a few laughs, and just... um. Have a good movie experience. I fucking love Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. That's all I have to say on the matter. It's hilarious. I'm not even sure if it's an A movie, but it's got the uh, the guy who played the pilot from Firefly, so I guess that counts. Both fantastic movies. Recommend both of them. So, Evil Dead 2013. Now, this is the remake of The Evil Dead, or at least it was billed as a remake of The Evil Dead from 1979. I haven't acknowledged its existence yet, so... Now, if you're thinking, oh, The Evil Dead came out in 1983. Well, it came out in 1983, but it was filmed in 1979. But we're not talking about that one. We're talking about the 2013 quote-unquote remake. Both Evil Dead 2013 and Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks 2012 take major influences and have lots of homages to... The Evil Dead from 1979 or 81, 83, whatever the fuck you think year it came out. Both movies actually do feature rednecks. Um, There are rednecks in the credits of Evil Dead from 2013. Both have a demonic book, which is read from because, why? Stupidity! Both have friends going away for a trip to a cabin in the woods. Both movies deal with possession, you know, one by... Kandarian demons. Well, actually, I don't think they call them Kandarian demons in the remake. Um, one by Rednecks. You know, I, I really don't want to remember any more of the 2013 version of Evil Dead, so I'm just going to go and start watching Evil Dead and Rednecks again. Okay, you had to drink through both of them, so... Yeah. Let's compare it. So there you go. Uh, once again, uh, for me, the better movie here is actually the B-movie. Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks, much better than Evil Dead, the 2013 remake of the original The Evil Dead. I think my A movie and my B movie are up for this episode are kind of tied. They're both really good movies. Um, but as you mentioned, it, I, 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 I saw Evil Dead, the remake, uh, in theaters at a theater that did not allow me to bring drinks, so unfortunately I did not get to drink through it. But let's tell our fans here how they can drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. And how they can drink away Evil Dead and Bread Rednecks. So I'm going to give you some drinking games, and then Paul will. Number one, every time Griselda appears on screen, drink. Number two, whenever a montage happens, finish your drink. Number three, 
Anytime Shawnee pulls something out of his pockets, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone becomes a redneck, take a drink. Number five, because this is Inbred Redneck Month, anytime you hear a banjo, take a drink. Or if someone mentions the word banjo, you can take a drink then too. Paul? Every time someone says the name Leo Deschamps, take a drink. Every time another Chris Seaver movie is referenced, take a drink. Every time there's a shit or fart joke, take a drink. And every time the characters talk about sex, take a drink. And finish your drink if it happens to be incestual. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. That's about it. Um, before we give you uh, what we're going to do next week, let's talk about you know, our ranking for the movies we've watched this month. It is Inbred Redneck Month because it's February and you have that Valentine's Day shit. And what says love because, you know, for some reason a beheaded person equals love in St. Valentine. But what says, what says love more than Inbred Rednecks? We need to give our rank, current rankings for the Redneck movies we've watched so far. So for me, um, I'd have to say in the number three spot out of the three movies we've watched so far this month is Blood-Sucking Redneck Vampires. Um, aside from Cletus, the movie was really boring, and I just I didn't get much entertainment out of it. Um, number two, Inbred Redneck Alien Abduction. It was fun. It had a jubilant amount of titties in it, maybe. I can't remember at this point. But it had more titties than uh, Blood-Sucking Redneck Vampires, so... It was more entertaining. For me, though, number one, even though there was, well, there wasn't, there wasn't a lack of nudity, but Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks just has the best lines, the best characters, even though it's got the worst characters, too. But it has the most entertainment value out of the three we've watched so far. This is weird. My ranking is exactly the same. For number three is Bloodsucking Redneck Vampires. For number two, I've got um, Inbred Redneck um, Alien Abduction. And for number one, I've got Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks. The other two were okay, but Inbred, Evil Dead Inbred Rednecks, just it is really the perfect B-movie comedy. I laugh every time I see it. I can't really top that, at least yet. We'll see how the next movie goes, but it's, yeah, that's my, that's my lineup. Speaking of next movie... Next week, for our finale of Inbred Redneck Month, we have Redneck Zombies, which, according to IMDb, came out in 1989. Um, to be a treat. This is going to be our second movie that we review from Troma, uh, who is a B-movie giant. So, um, I, I've seen the movie before, but I don't think you have, Paul. Not yet. So, I'm excited to see your reactions and your experience to this movie. I'm not going to spoil anything yet. That's it. For this week, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back next week.